Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, short-term, probably positive, long-term negative. I think they will get a little ratings boost and obviously there's a lot of attention, but a lot of things that are really important are being forgotten about. The MJF return has been completely buried. Um, yeah, and they need to get it. They need to get stuff sorted out and they might need to, Tony Khan's going to have to make some big decisions because if Punk doesn't, if none of it, if these people can't put their ego aside, then someone's going to have to be removed from the equation, right? Yep. I was just going to say, at some point, if this doesn't figure itself, you have to fire someone just to send a statement. Right, absolutely. And to me, if it's a choice between Punk and the Young Bucks and Hangman Page, I'm sorry, but I'm going for I'm going with the Bucks and Hangman. Yeah, I but I'd be, and I'm not even a huge Young Bucks fan to be totally honest with people. But I much prefer what they can do for AEW and Hangman Page than Punk ever will, because Punk is not a long term solution in AEW. Punk is a short term, bringing some revenue, get up some buzz from his return, uh, mm-hmm. but he's never going to be you know a company guy. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Sportster.com. Uh, this show is all about the busy Labor Day weekend that was professional wrestling from WWE's Clash at the Castle in the UK to NXT World's Collide to All Out from AEW. Lots of wrestling action to digest this weekend, but the big news coming from AEW and the post-media scrum avail and CM Punk's comments about Copacabana, Hangman Page, EVPs, the reported physical altercation that took place backstage from CM Punk. That's we're going to we're going to be talking about all of that on today's show. So, uh, Norman's going to join us here in a second. We're going to be going through the pay-per-views, talking about the media scrum, what this means for AEW, uh, how positive the show was for WWE, all that other fun stuff. This is episode 20 of the Sportster show, brought to you by the sportster.com. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sports Show, brought to you by thesports.com. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Norman Quarantin, and we've just finished a very busy Labor Day weekend with three wrestling pay-per-views, with All Out from AEW, Clash at the Castle from WWE, and NXT Worlds Collide. Norman, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Doing good. I mean, yeah, a lot of drama to talk about. Um, you know, there was a, there, there was a pay-per-view, but that... It, 
it's getting increasingly difficult to remember the pay-per-view due to all the backstage drama. Yeah, that's the running joke this weekend, right? Oh, yeah, by the way, there were three pay-per-views this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, there is so much wrestling action to watch, but nobody's talking about it. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about what happened outside of the pay-per-views, uh, the media scrums. And for the first time in a long time, I remember WWE actually doing a media press conference that was on YouTube after a pay-per-view. Obviously, 30 years later in the UK, there's a reason to do one. But um, it's the AEW media scrum and the fallout from what's happening with that, none of which we know for sure is a shoot or a work or what. We're not sure. But so I guess we're going to start there this week, uh, talking about the media uh, avail, the CM Punk comments, the fallout from all of that before we get into the pay-per-view. So uh, first things I'll ask you, one with the CM Punk stuff, the, for those that didn't see this, it's all over social media and YouTube and AEW hasn't removed it. Um, he went all out, no pun intended, calling mm-hmm. out Hangman out of page, calling out Cole Cabana, calling out EVPs, didn't drop them by name, but where it is now that he was speaking about the young bucks. Cause they had some sort of confrontation backstage. Uh, what's your reaction to CM Punk talking at the media scrum and, dropping what must have been 30 or 40 F-bombs in Mm. doing so. And we're all wondering, is this real? Is this a shoot? Is this Mm -hmm. part of an angle that's coming up? Mm -hmm. What's going on here? What's your thought? Yeah, so I think it's it's a shoot. Um, I'm sure that at some point, I mean, we know the Colt Cabana thing. We know Punk's history of Colt Cabana, and we know that that's a shoot. Um, I think, yeah, I think Punk was very upset, very angry. He had just come like when this was happening, he had just finished a match. So he was, you know, he had that sort of exhausted athlete brain going. Um, You know, the guy does, he is, he, you know, he is a kind of a crotchety dude. Um, And we've mentioned on this podcast before that, you know, he doesn't drink, but maybe he should try it sometime. Uh, (laughs) What was um, he drinking, by the way? Oh, those were, I believe, seltzer water. I believe it was some sort of seltzer water that he was absolutely just pounding down. And I'm sorry, right? I, no, I'm not. No offense to any recovering addicts out there. Um, Punk is not a recovering addict, right? He's someone that just has never has never consumed has, has just chosen not to consume alcohol. Uh, nothing lamer than uh, seeing a wrestler pound uh, seltzer waters at a press conference. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was hard to watch. Like not yeah. only the comments and the things that he was saying, and you're like, what is he doing right now? But that he's just popping these cans of seltzer water and he's eating from a bakery that he's then promoted uh, and just chomping on the, the food into the right. microphone. It was very surreal. It was, it a, was very a crazy surreal. scene. It was yeah. just weird. And I mean, maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but that's not the guy I want representing my company. I'm sorry. No, like, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Can, would, can, okay. Here's one of my friends said this earlier. Can you imagine John Cena doing that? Anything yeah. like that? It would never cross his mind. Right. It exactly. would never cross Drew McIntyre's mind. It would never cross any of those people who are supposed to be a Cody Rhodes never would cross his mind. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in mm-hmm. fact, it would be one of those things that if you did that, you would be then hearing from those people backstage. going, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And- but CM Punk doesn't just do it. He fully embraces it to the point where you're like, he's like that skit. I don't know if you've ever heard those old Adam Sandler audio tapes where they had the fatty McGee. Right, and he's yeah. doing the audio bit where he's climbing the stairs, and he's not. I know I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who's no, no. Work, but that's the skit, right? And that he's right. out of breath, just climbing. Punk just looks like he's about to keel over, right? right. And he yeah. sounds like he's about to like pass out, and you're yeah. just like, this is embarrassing. So, 
there's something to be said, I think, for having for for having a guy who's willing to go off script and go off book and shoot on people from time to time. I think there's something to be said for that. I think you don't want an actual like automaton. Um, obviously, John Cena is an absolutely incredible ambassador for the for the industry for his company, and I don't think anything that he does can be can be questioned. But uh, but I think it is nice to have counterparts like CM Punk who are a little bit more, you know. Just kind of a little bit off the cuff and not so media trained. I mean, he's media trained, but you know, he just doesn't really care. Um, but last night at the at that 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 uh, media scrum, that was not that was too far in the opposite direction. And I get that he was angry, he was worked up, he was hot, and there's a lot of like real life issues coming up that he's not happy about. Um, but yeah, he should have reined it in, and he was next to Tony Khan. Khan should have reined that in. There was a lot of stuff that should have happened. You know what though? Um, Tony Khan's awful too. Like he's he's brutal at this. He sucks at this so bad. Like he right. he's dropping f bombs. He's losing his mind. He's acting like a child. He's right. doing all this. Yes, I did feel kind of uncomfortable for Tony Khan, who's sitting mm-hmm. beside CM Punk during all of this, going, "Oh man, what's going on right now?" Assuming this is a shoot, right? Assuming mm-hmm. this was not planned and they, nobody knew about this, mm-hmm. you got to feel for him a little bit. At the same time, Tony Khan has created this environment. Mm-hmm. where people believe that this is just how you talk during these mm-hmm. things uh, because Tony Khan talks that way during these yeah. things. And that's a bad, like when you talk about what the future holds for AEW versus a company like WWE, whatever, I believe if we're looking back at this in five to 10 years and AEW has folded or whatever the case might be, uh, we're going to look at this and go, that should have been one of those signs, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. This is not how you handle these things. This is not, I mean, they've got a massive potential TV deal coming up here. Yeah, this is well, not what you do when you're trying to get those huge networks and those big sponsors to back you. Yeah. And we've known for a long time. So to be clear to listeners here, like Jim and I are both like we both really I, I would say I'm probably a little bit more positive on AEW than Jim is. I love AEW and I like have enjoyed the product immensely over the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I found every, almost every show they've done superior to most WWE shows of a couple of exceptions, I think. Um but we've known for a long time that they've needed to get their ducks in a row, so to speak, right? We we always, we get all these stories coming out. Sometimes they're rumors. Sometimes they're definitely just complete bullshit. But a lot of the times there's some truth there. And Tony Khan, he's people have been talking about it for years, about how he needs to sort of tighten his grip on the backstage stuff. And he hasn't done it. And now the, the chickens are coming home to roost. That's ducks and chickens I just referenced there. Uh, <laughs> but then here's the thing. If I'm a Jaguars fan, right, or a Fulham FC fan, I'm embarrassed that my that the that the boss of my my franchise, my club, is is kind of behaving like that. I'm, I, I would be embarrassed, honestly. Yeah, you know, they talk about all the time in wrestling in this industry where people get too hyped up over their own character and start to become what they're p- portraying on TV. I, I think that of Tony Khan. I think that he's been hanging around with some of these guys that he idolizes and he's, he became a wrestling fan and loved them and was he's just like a mark for them. And I mm-hmm. hear the way that he wants to sort of fit in with these cool kids. And so he's talking like a cool kid. And I don't think he's realizing the damage that this would potentially do for him. What One of my biggest beasts, and, and you mentioned that I might not be as into AEW as you are, I think my biggest issue with AEW is that I see the potential for what they could really be and how the names that they've attracted and this, the stars that they've brought in and the money that they have behind it and all that stuff and the constant dropping of the ball on what to do mm. with the stars, with the product, who mm-hmm. you're prioritizing, who you're not, 
stuff like that. And I go, man, I can see it already. Like this mm-hmm. is a real problem to the point where you talked about ducks and chickens. Well, inmates are running the asylum over there. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> and you hear the, the punk and the young buck stuff backstage. This is not the first time even close that these guys, I get it. It's wrestling. It's a bunch of big personalities, but mm-hmm. um, this is so, so frequent in AEW mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, if this all isn't a work and this all isn't for storyline, even if it is now it's done so often and free and way too frequently that it's, it's losing its luster. Right, mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, man, if these are all storylines that they're coming up with backstage, going, oh man, let's blur the lines of reality and whatever, it's getting old, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's yeah. really not entertaining anymore to the point where you're like, this is kind of getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. To, yeah, and I, and they definitely, you know, for, and, you know, we didn't, I guess we didn't fully go into it, but there was uh, some reports from uh, Meltzer and a couple of other sources um, that there was a brawl backstage following the punks portion of that of the press of the presser there was a a a fight backstage uh according to reports you know the young bucks were involved punk was involved punches were thrown um we don't you know we won't know for sure what we may never know for sure what exactly happened i don't think there were there were cameras there right like wrestling with shadows or anything yeah we haven't seen any of that but who knows if this is all a work we're gonna find out later right yeah so I mean, if it is, yeah, I mean, if it is a work, I personally don't think it is. I think there will be some, I mean, I think they have all worked themselves into a shoot for sure, because, you know, none of this is fucking real. It's, it's part of my French. Uh, this is like, you know, Punk's mad at Hangman because Hangman went off script in a promo, even though Punk's done that countless times in his career. That was one of the things I was going to say. And when I talk about Punk embarrassing the company, it's like yeah. he says word for like verbatim, what did I ever do in this world to deserve a blank, 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 like Adam Page to go off and into business for himself on national television? I'm yeah. sorry. Are we not listening to CM Punk right now? Right. Like, this exactly. is the guy who's made a career of doing that. Right. right. And when you say, oh, I've never gone off on anybody or whatever. Oh, come on. Who are you kidding? It's mm-hmm. it's almost embarrassing to hear someone who should know that about himself mm-hmm. and the reputation that he's built in this industry about how much he throws people under the bus and how often he brings real life into the equation and how many times he's referenced things backstage and broken that fourth wall, that that's one of the reasons he's popular. Right, yeah. To say, oh, hey, I've never done that to anybody. I don't go into business for myself. Who are you kidding? Yeah. Like, you're CM Punk for crying out loud. You're the one guy everybody knows does that. Because even if it isn't, even if he, let's say hypothetically that every time he ever did do a shoot promo, he asked, he went went ahead and gave, gave the person a heads up. Even if that is true, he still cultivated a reputation as someone who does go off script, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think in his de- in his defense, he would say, you know, well, I always, I never went off script. Technically, I always asked everyone beforehand. But if Hangman had asked Punk beforehand about this vague, very vague, and mostly, you know, harmless reference to to the Colt Cabana situation, Punk would have said no, and then he's not putting himself. Do you know what I mean? Then he's think then he then he's saying that he thinks he's better than everything so right yeah because you can't have your your cake and eat it too you can't go mm-hmm. well i've asked you all the time and you guys are always like yeah sure whatever just do whatever you're gonna do and mm-hmm. then when somebody asks you to return the favor and says well i'd like to reference this you okay with it and you go no no way mm-hmm. don't even go there it's kind of like okay so why can you right like, exactly can't, but you can what's that mm-hmm. and that's just more of this cm punk entitlement more of this and better i mean he makes these comments during these press conferences I, i'm not saying he's wrong But he says, you know, we're going to do the first million dollar buy rate off my back in AEW. Like he says things like that. 
Which and is funny like, because nobody knew you were even on the card until two days ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until right. Wednesday night or whatever. I yeah, mean, and he's yeah. talking about Adam Page jeopardizing all of that. And yeah. then we you'll go back to the Tony Khan sitting there and listening to this and going, oh man, what am I supposed to do right now? You know what I mean? Like, it's just cultivated this environment of toxicity and you're just like, this is bad. Like, this right. is not what should be going on right now because and- they they have so much potential momentum Mm-hmm. that is slipping away right. i mean yes the numbers for tv are going to be wonderful on wednesday because mm-hmm. people are going to want to know what's going on yeah. but how long is it that is that long term i don't think it is yeah no i agree and hopefully you know i mean the, i guess if we're looking on the bright side hopefully this is a kick up the ass that they need to actually get stuff sorted out um there was a lot we've talked on this podcast before again there's a lot of people who and i've re- and i've mentioned this People were so happy about the fact that AEW doesn't have writers for promos. Um, and I, I've said, you know, they don't need a, a, I'm not saying they need a writer's room or a team of writers, but it would be good to have someone backstage who is, you know, who knows, who's like, can help people who aren't good at writing promos articulate things a little bit better and kind of, you know, give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to certain things. And if they had had that, you know, this whole maybe this whole thing could have been avoided because you don't get people saying things that other people aren't going to like. Because I don't know, did, I'm, I'm guessing Hangman didn't tell anybody he was going to say what he said, which, which as I've just mentioned, wasn't really that big of a deal. Like most people didn't even notice know what he was talking about when he brought it up. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this is the excuse they need to get a kick to you know figure stuff out, get things tightened up backstage, do whatever you need to do, get everyone on the same page and, you know, right, get on the right track and, and actually fulfill the potential that we've all seen in that company. You know? See, but I, I even wonder if that is, I get what you're saying. I just wonder if it's, if it's accurate because you have a guy like Ace Austin who comes out, was it Rampage or Dynamite? And he's dropping F-bombs. Like he's a yeah. producer in a, right. Right. Yeah. So there's, is there's so many ways that this could be looked at. It could be that, you know, maybe Hangman Page did talk to Tony Khan and said, I'm going to say this. And Tony Khan said, oh, yeah, sure, no big deal. Not realizing that CM Punk would be offended by that. Or maybe Austin comes out and he's, you know, you got to effing get up and whatever. But he's so wrapped up in everything else everybody is doing and saying and how many times they're dropping the SH word, the F-bombs. And, and it's happening so often that you get wrapped up in it yeah. and you start to do it. And Chris Jericho had mentioned, in the mandatory meeting that AEW had that he said to people, look, one person saying the wrong thing could jeopardize all of this for all of us. But Chris Jericho is one of the worst contributors to the language. And for some people, the fans, what they look at it the best because they love that this happens in AEW, Mm -hmm. but Jericho is the worst culprit of it in many ways. He, he, He says things that you would never say on a WWE PG product, even a PG 13 product. He says it on AEW all the time. Mm, right yeah. so w- what's the you know the pot calling the kettle black or whatever right? right like you've got these people who are saying well don't do that because this is not good for us but then the minute that they're finished saying that they go out on television and do it yeah and so like that's what i'm concerned with for aew is that there's just no control over what these people are saying what they're doing yeah how much they're offending each other i'm sorry but whether you think this is the professional wrestling industry or not and when i say that you people i mean the ro- the roster of AEW, right right that you're going this is going to wind up making people bitter. Like yeah. they're going to hate each other when all this is over. And yeah. what do you have? If that happens, you have an entire room, a locker room of people who can't stand each other and yeah. have all made clicks and sides and formed their little groups. Uh, this is not good for the products. 
Like, yeah, for sure. They need to rein it in. Worry. Yeah, they need to rein it in a little bit. Hopefully, cooler heads will prevail. Oh, and for the listener, before you tweet at us, Jim, Jim meant Ace Steel, not Ace, not Ace Austin. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, sorry. yeah. There's too Ace many Steel. aces in professional wrestling. It's very easy to get confused. Yes. Um, I did. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they just need to kind of hopefully, yeah, cooler heads will prevail and they'll come out the other side. But they need, there's, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of stuff to do now. You've got your EVPs, right? feuding with the champ of your company um nobody really looks good here i think um punk has a very loyal fan base and it's kind of it's you know it's easy to see why he does have he does have like a charisma and a sort of aura about him that that kind of makes him and you know he was in his prime he was one of the he was the best in the world um so it's not hard to see why people are like very invested in him and and behind him but you know hangman page is i've never heard anyone say a bad word about hangman page um i mean so it's going to be difficult to sort of win uh uh, you know the hearts and minds of of wrestling twitter um when your opponent is is someone like hangman yeah and we're not even getting into the whole fact that mjf is back and when tony Khan was asked about why mjf is back right now he says, I, it was my idea to invite him. I thought it would be good for the fans. So he didn't even remotely address the fact that MGF's still not very happy. You know what I mean? Like he's mm. back in AEW, but he doesn't really want to be there. That's the last mm. thing that we've at least seen from MJF is, mm-hmm. you know, he's dropping all sorts of bad language about fire me, this or that. And then we hadn't seen him for months and now he's back mm. all of a sudden. And that's not really addressed as to why he's back. And if anything has right. been solved. And then we've got Malachi Black. And I asked you on the last show, if you believe that any of the people involved in that six man mm. were among the rumored people who might have asked to get out of their ADW contract right. mm. and Malachi black at the end of his match bows to the crowd and sort of kisses them goodbye after taking a pin that you might think was reserved for someone like buddy Matthews mm-hmm. um, that he's gone maybe. Right. Yeah. So he's still under contract from everything we understand and that he's cited mental illness or right. Know, yeah. Yeah. That nature as to right. why he wants to leave. Right. We don't know if he's now leaving AEW. We don't know if he's trying to get out of his contract. We don't know if yeah. he's just taking off a of television for a little bit. It seems that way when you yeah. see that on the page. Yeah. We haven't even scraped the surface of those two things. Right? Yeah. So, so the there's Malachi, just lots the, the, coming out yeah, of this. The Malachi Black thing as well, I think just to... I guess it does, it does seem like he probably has... I don't know... We don't know for sure that he's requested his release, but if he's citing or like the reports are that that, that he that he's struggling with some mental health things, so definitely um, I, I don't think he would be. I'd be surprised if he was done with AEW. I think maybe he's just going to take a hiatus and come back and reset. Um, yeah, he. I think a lot of the some of the reports last week were sort of suggesting that he was he had handed in his his uh you know he'd, he'd asked to be released because he was unhappy with how he was being booked and i don't know that that's the case i don't i i do think he probably would have won they probably would have won that match if uh he wasn't leaving it seemed like he was doing the honors on the just before he goes on a hiatus kind of thing um mm. regardless i still think that that was i mean we, we haven't talked about the pay-per-view yet we might not even have time to go through every match but for that six man i think that was the wrong result i really think house of black should have should have what should have prevailed there um but if if you know if malachi's not going to be on screen then maybe it doesn't matter 
Yeah, I, I mean, in fairness, the report was that he requested his release and was denied, and then other reports came out to say that that wasn't accurate. But uh, it does look like from the way he acted at that pay-per-view, like he's leaving for a bit. So we'll see what's happening there. Uh, just kind of addressing some of the things that did happen at the pay-per-view, I want to get your take on uh, just your reaction. The acclaimed seemed to be maybe the most over thing on the entire show. Uh, the mm-hmm. crowd reaction for them and Billy Gunn mm-hmm. was incredible, but they do not win the AEW mm-hmm. World Tag Team Champions. That mm-hmm. stays with uh, Strickland and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction to that? Was that one of those situations where you're thinking, okay, well, they didn't have the acclaimed booked to win it, and even though the crowd was super hot into them, they probably didn't just want to call an audible during the pay-per-view, and they'll come mm-hmm. back to that, and the acclaimed mm-hmm. will win the titles at some point, mm-hmm. or they're going, you know, this isn't, we're, we're married to Keith Lee and Strickland here and that's what we're doing. Yeah. It seems like, I think Khan mentioned the possibility of a, of a rematch to me. I get why I, I, I totally get when you're booking something you want to, you don't want to like, you know, you want to kind of stretch it out again, but th- that was kind of, to me, that was, that seemed like WWE booking. Right. And Tony Khan normally doesn't sort of go for that kind of thing where it's like, you, for me, I would have, and I feel like I'm not alone here the acclaimed are one of the most over things in the business right now. Swerve and Keith Lee are two phenomenal singles athletes over as singles athletes doing fine as a tag team, but not, you know, they're not a tag team, right? They're not like an actual tag team. Um, For me, you, the, the acclaimed are so over and this would have, this win would have to win this match would have been such a huge crowning achievement. It would have like, been so such a big deal for them and i think it would have really really i think they really could have carried that tag division as champs um so i think even go so for them to not book the claim to win going in was a mistake and then to not call an audible given the reaction was it well i think personally that that was a mistake too now hopefully the momentum doesn't wear off before how do you get a rematch now you have to now you have to book your way to a rematch between these teams because the the acclaim just lost on a pay-per-view so now they have to work their way back there right and in and aw just, that's extremely difficult because of yeah. the win-loss record and the charts and all these mm. things that they've just made sure that they've included in their program and i just like, hope they don't lose momentum while that happens it seems like maybe i mean look we've still got ftr in the mix right i guess maybe tk wants to wants to get them in the mix at some point but i don't know yeah to me it would have just been smart to to just have have the acclaim go over yes last night and then keep you know keithley and swerve are going to be fine you know yeah uh, a couple other quick things out of, of note christian cage match with jungle boy super sh- short 33 mm-hmm. seconds or something mm-hmm. like that uh we're hearing because christian cage is legitimately injured uh mm-hmm. and was not able to actually wrestle so you, all you do is basically give a spear and make a pin uh, and then Ricky Starks gets squashed too. So this is kind of one of those uh, now two short matches on a pay-per-view following a very short John Moxley versus CM Punk match on a dynamite. Not long before that, uh, a lot of squash stuff going on here in AEW, which, mm. you know, I think if you listen to the way they talk about being a wrestling pro- product, that's not what they're going for here, but mm-hmm. uh, that happened on, on the pay-per-view too. Yeah. The, so the Ricky Starks thing uh, that was that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, yeah, I, 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 and I, I don't think I'm alone there. I feel like Starks should have won that. Um, again, it seems like they want to do, you know, they want to run it back and they want to stretch it out and make it more of a like, so it's more, it's going to be more impactful and more important when Starks finally does 
overcome. But I've never thought, I don't think anyone thinks of Ricky Starks as an underdog, even just because he's smaller than Hobbs. I don't know. It doesn't seem, just didn't seem like the right call for me personally. Um, yeah. And then the Christian K, I mean, if, I guess if Christian is injured, I think he's only wrestled like five minutes this year. Um, I guess if he's injured, you can't really do much except, I don't know, maybe don't book him in a match. Yeah, <laughs> I that's I think that's where I was going with that is like, if you knew this was the case, uh, why'd you do it? But um, so that we can get some time for the WWE stuff, uh, just the feel good moment of the AW pay-per-view for me was uh, Dax Hardwood's daughter Finley coming out and uh, getting that fight like an eight year old girl moment, which I mm-hmm. thought was maybe one of the best parts of the pay-per-view uh, from what I have seen and read mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was neat. And, you know, FTR again, and this is, we, we talked about this last week, but FTR and Wardlow have lost momentum just because they, I don't know, they just not, they're just not going with things that seem sensical in the moment, you know, and, and other things are getting in the way. So I, I, yeah, I feel like the, the booking process lately has been a little bit erratic and it's, and I think this, that's another thing that needs to get back on track. Maybe we'll have to talk about it later, but just so fans know that we're not ignoring it. Uh, Brian Danielson does lose to Chris Jericho. I was surprised by that. I think you probably were too, based on Absolutely. our last uh, yeah. conversation. And look, with that. Blackpool Combat Club basically lost every match. So it's like, so are they a formidable stable? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough. Okay, so let's move on to Clash of the Castle. Uh, that was probably the, the bigger, more watched of the two pay-per-views from WWE this weekend. Uh, I... I, I liked the pay-per-view. I don't know that I loved the pay-per-view. Uh, I do like Solis Koa's debut. That was a smart way to get around Drew McIntyre not winning mm-hmm. the Undisputed WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that he's in the bloodline. I think it's a smart, logical booking decision to have that happen. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a coincidence that he's the only guy who shows up at the pay-per-view because he's pretty much the only Uso that can travel internationally right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was a pretty cool finish to the show. Did you like it? Yeah or nay? Uh, yeah, I think I did get super worked during that match. Like I actually, they actually made me think that McIntyre was going to win. Um, you know, I, I, and yeah, I wanted him to win at a certain point, but I'm not mad that he didn't. And I, I think it makes, it makes sense in the long, in the long run. And yeah, that was a good way to do it. That was a good way to do it. He's, yeah. he doesn't, McIntyre, Drew doesn't look weak, really. Um, yeah. the opposite. No, and if yeah, it doesn't doesn't make Drew McIntyre look bad at all. In fact, it makes Solis Cole look pretty important, right? Right, like if you've and he's, got that kind of build up, and he's the big major reason that Drew McIntyre did not win the title. Yeah, that's a pretty good intro for a guy. Yeah, and if you've seen any of his matches in NXT 2.0, he's pretty, he's ba- he's basically main roster ready. This is, the business is in his blood. I don't think he uh, he needs. I don't think he needs much longer in the oven. So yeah, just just bring him up. Uh, damage control, which is now the official name for Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai, get a clean win. Uh, I know you didn't love the fact that Bianca Belair eats the pin here, and I had mm-hmm. mentioned to you, I said I like it if Bailey's going for the title. Yeah. Uh, if you got if that's the setup and that's the ultimate idea here is to have Bailey contend for that title, then it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense that she can start bragging about getting that pin. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's I guess there. I, I guess to me, I think there are like maybe other ways to get there, but. Um... Yeah, you know, I've had a few days to sit on it. I don't think it. I, I would have preferred it if someone else had taken the pin still, but I guess it's not a huge deal. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Bailey getting back on top if that if if and when that happens. I think the match of the evening for me was Sheamus and Gunther. Uh, mm. That was about as physical, maybe more so than we both talked about it being. And I think a lot of people going into this pay per view figured that would be the match to watch in terms of a physicality standpoint. 
They did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheamus does not win here. Uh, mm-hmm. Not surprising for me, but uh, he does get a nice ovation from the crowd at the end of that match and gets a lot of props from both Gunther and Triple H at the press conference afterwards. Uh, good match. Yeah, really good. Really solid. Um, one of Sheamus's most memorable performances in a while, I think. Singles performances anyway. He had loads of great matches when he was in, in the bar. Um, but yeah, just really good match. Not surprised because... Gunther is great and Sheamus when when he's with the right opponent he's 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 great so yeah the one of the things that I liked about the match so much is that almost every wrestling move they tried didn't really work so great right. that's not what made the match fun they just mm-hmm. hit the crap out of each other yeah like just punched and chopped and smacked each other over and over and over to the point where you just like I believe when I'm watching Gunther like he's trying to lit- like legitimately run away from the beats of the Bowery from Seamus that he's doing three times. And like, he's like, come on, this hurts. I got to like, let right. me go. I, yeah. And sometimes Seamus is taking chop after chop. He's like, seriously, dude, like you can almost and, see it on their faces. Like, come on, man. Right. And up, there was just similar, a little, right. And there were similar spots in the uh, Ishii Eddie Kingston match that was on the, the uh, yeah. all out pre-show, but which was a match between Ishii and Eddie Kingston, two, two wrestlers who think wrestling is real. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you make of the Dominic turn? So uh, Judgment Day, Edge, Rey Mysterio, uh, they get the win, Edge and Rey Mysterio, from help from Dominic. I believe the explanation here will be that Dominic doesn't like the fact, one, that he chose uh, Edge over himself to be uh, Rey's partner, or Rey choosing, and that Dominic helped and didn't really get much credit at the end of the match. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a lot of love for Dominic. So uh, he kicks Edge low blow and then clotheslines the living jesus out of his father yeah really good clothesline yeah um that was pretty cool do you think he's going to join judgment day or do you think this is just a dominic versus ray feud um man i don't know judgment day's laughing like they know something no one else does right and no actual specific reference that dominic is aligned with them yeah he didn't he didn't link up with them he walked out by himself but maybe that maybe that's what they're building maybe that's what they're building towards um yeah i'm not sure where this is gonna go i guess we'll find out yeah. Um, any other takeaway moments from the pay-per-view that you really liked? The Tyson Fury stuff at the end was odd for me. It, if yeah. you've ever been to a live WWE show, you'll know that usually these things happen after the cameras stop rolling in a Raw or a SmackDown. And they used to happen all the time in the Attitude Era where people would come out and they talk to the fans and they do these things. This felt like one of those moments that maybe the pay-per-view was meant to cut off, but just didn't. Right. Tyson Fury's talking and singing with Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. which would have been a great feel-good moment for the crowd in the UK, but didn't really make a lot of sense when you're watching it on the pay-per-view or on WWE Network or Peacock or whatever. You're kind of like, what are they doing exactly? Like, yeah, what's it happening? Was bizarre. Here? It was <laughs> odd. It was yeah. really, really strange. Um, Even they should have just stuck. Even if they had just stuck a graphic up at the bottom that was like, um, you know, but post-show footage or something like that, you know, like just to make it so so people knew that the actual show had ended and this was just them goofing off or whatever. I mean, it was fun. The Brit- Brits love a singer, so- uh, a sing along. You know, can't can't beat a bit of Oasis. So yeah, one of my biggest letdowns I think on the show though was the Liv Morgan uh, Shayna Baszler match. I was mm-hmm. not a fan of that match. I did not mm-hmm. like the result. Uh, I just thought this was one of uh, Liv Morgan's weaker performances. I didn't think she was. Uh, terribly effective in this. Uh, that was the only real drawback of the pay-per-view for me was I thought everything else was fairly well done. I don't think there was anything on this show that I was like, wow, that was really cool. The Solus mm. Coast stuff might be the closest, but uh, that was maybe the one drawback for me. Did you have one? 
I mean, it was a solid show, but ultimately, and people were saying, you know, it's going to be a glorified house show, which, you know, a lot of UK pay-per-views used to be historically post SummerSlam 92. We would also, we would get a lot of uh, non-canon pay-per-views. Um, and this at, during the show, people were like, well, this definitely isn't, uh, you know, a glorified house show. But then ultimately, I think it ended up being that because, you know, there weren't really there weren't any title changes. And the only thing of cons- the only major thing of consequence that happened was Solo Sokoa debuting um, and, you know, maybe Tyson Fury teasing a potential return to the WWE ring, something like that. But, yeah, you know, I, I like the show overall. Um, it, it matched, the match in ring action was solid, but, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't mind-blowing narrative uh action or anything like that so let's take three minutes real quick we'll talk about worlds collide uh for me the biggest takeaway from the pay-per-view seems to be that everybody on the north american side kind of got the big wins here uh braun Mm. breaker retains his championship uh carmelo hayes retains over ricochet and mandy rose retains in her title defense uh this is really leaning more towards nxt and away from the nxt uk brand um, yeah. and giving those guys on the main show kind of the rub. Uh, I thought it was a decent show uh, from what I did get the chance to see. Lots of WWE people showing up, like main roster people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do drop Nikki ASH. Ricochet had a great match with Carmelo. Um, I thought this was a decent show. What did you uh, you make of it? Yeah, the, the in-ring stuff was fun. And I liked uh, Pretty Deadly did win did win the, uh, yes. the tag title. That was the one title um, change, yeah. Yeah, which was, which was good. Well, I guess technically the... Uh, Braun Breaker won the NXT UK. Yeah, because they're too, unified yeah. titles, both in the women's yeah. and the men's. So I guess those are title changes too. But right, yeah. So yeah, Mandy Rose. Yeah, the I mean, uh, I mean, I guess they're all learn on Mandy Rose. Eh? <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. The, the the tag. The, I was happy with the tag title change. Although I do love the Creed Brothers. I just think Pretty Deadly are like really good, really entertaining. Going to be really good sort of heel tag champs um, on the show. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, so that it's now their second run, obviously. Breaker, I, I part of me, I, I I really thought that. So Tyler Bay, I don't know if you've been sort of watching his stuff lately. He has seemed a little checked out recently. He had some personal issues a few years ago, and ever since then, he's looked a little bit checked out. Or he still he can still deliver in the ring, but he just it seems like his heart isn't really in it. Right, and he Going obviously the he's, yeah, he's someone who peaked way too soon. Right, that he definitely sort of had too much success too early and it was a lot for him. I thought he really needed a win here. I thought it could have really sort of rejuvenated his career and I would have liked to see him win. I knew that he wasn't going to, but I would have liked it if he had, but you know, you can't be mad at Bron Breaker unifying the belts. Can you really? No. Uh, was there a standout star on the show for you? Uh, anybody that you're kind of like, man, that person's going to have a pretty big career, whether it's Carmelo Hayes or Bron Breaker or even a WWE star who came and did a, a quick stint on the mm. NXT pay-per-view that you're like, this need, this person needs, more love in WWE. I mean Ricochet for sure. Um, I like Carmelo Hayes. I think he, but I still think I think he's good. And I think he's. I don't think he's main roster ready yet. I think he needs a little bit more time in developmental. But yeah, I like him a lot. Um, pretty deadly. I love them. I think they're great. <laughs> yeah, those are the standouts for me for sure. And I think they've definitely got a good future. They've got a really good sort of shtick. A really good. They pull it off really well. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. I think they're going to be a big, a big deal in WWE and on, on the main roster too. They sort of remind me a little bit of a mix of like the Heavenly Bodies and Chuck and Billy and and those tag teams from years ago, right. uh, but can really go. Like they, they're pretty good in the ring. So I think they've got a pretty brave future too. We'll see uh, how Triple H treats them uh, if and when they get. Called I think up. he's a big fan. I think he's a really big fan. 
yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, cool. That was a uh, our best attempt to sort of run down and rein in everything that happened this weekend between uh, Clash of the Castle, Worlds Collide, All Out. I think the biggest fallout is going to come from all of this All Out stuff and the conversations as to what's going on here with Punk and how this is all affect. A uh, final comment from you in that respect. Do you believe that what we've seen here from the press conference, the media avail, that this is going to be a positive for AEW or a negative for AEW, like that it helps the ratings and really in peaks interest in what's going on or that mm. it doesn't go well for them? I mean, short term, probably positive, long term, negative. I think they will get a little ratings boost. And obviously there's a lot of attention, but a lot of things that are really important are being forgotten about. The MJF return has been completely buried um yeah and they need to get it they need to get stuff sorted out and they might need to, tony khan's gonna have to make some big decisions because if punk doesn't if none of it, if these people can't put their ego aside then someone's gonna have to be removed from the equation right yep i was just gonna say at some point if this doesn't figure itself you have to fire someone just to send a statement right absolutely and to me if it's a choice between punk and the young bucks and hangman page i'm sorry but i'm going for i'm going with the bucks and hangman <laughs> Yeah, I but I'd be and I'm not even a huge Young Bucks fan to be totally honest with people, but I mm-hmm. much prefer what they can do for AEW and Hangman Page than Punk ever will because Punk is not a long-term solution in AEW. Punk is a short-term bring in some revenue, get up some buzz from his return, uh, mm-hmm. but he's never going to be, you know, a company guy. He's just right. not going to be that dude for you. So, for sure. uh you got to let that go if it if he can't let it go himself. So, we'll see how this all goes and how it unfolds, but uh Norman, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on doing a review of the pay-per-views. Uh, helping everybody for everyone else listening thank you for listening to the sports show download subscribe on your favorite podcast platform leave us a rating on apple podcasts and we will talk to you on the next show thanks everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.